Welcome back to the Boxing One Podcast. This is your boy, Jay Rich, a.k.a. John Richards, here with C-Lads, Chris Lassiter. What's up, homie? Chillin', what's up? And you are tuned in to the Boxing One Podcast, where we discuss Christ, sports, and culture through the lens of the gospel. And we're grateful for this opportunity to do this. Uh, we love just discussing all three of those topics. It's been a good run, hasn't it, man? Uh, it's been a lot of fun, man. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah, it's been a blast. We just want to go ahead and hop right into our first topic because it's hot. This is the hot topic of the summer. Uh, people are pining for football, and I think they're just excited about the NFL season. But there's been one thing that's been looming large, a cloud that's been looming large over the NFL over the summer. And seems like Spike Lee just joined the fray. And you know we're talking about Colin Kaepernick, right? Cap is out here. He kneeled last year. Um, got some bad press for it and now he is still without a job and it seems like some nfl teams might need a quarterback but still colin kaepernick has no job now i'm gonna ask you c last is this the team's decision because of what he did or is this the team's decision because colin kaepernick is not a starting quarterback in the nfl man i think it's a lot i think ultimately like it's a litmus it kind of reveals some things about our society right ultimately what i think jay rich is that uh i'm not sure how much the owners care about the black and white issues with kaepernick obviously he was saying hey i'm kneeling because i feel like uh people of color uh, are not treated fairly in this community and so it makes it hard for me to stand i'll just go i'll say this all right so i would agree with them um like you can see systematic oppression of minorities i believe that's true in this country do i feel like you have to protest the flag in order to like is that the only way that you could use your platform is this the only way you can use your platform um i think that's debatable is there another way he could have got that across but um as as he's done it right he's done some things that i would say like hey like i can understand why you want to bring attention to that issue and then there's some things that i'll be like ah man like I feel like you had a listening ear when it was this, but when you wore the socks and it had cops with pig faces on it, like that's that's different than how you were taking it Ouch. this way. So I've kind of watched like both of those things, right? But then I've watched the reaction and I don't know if it's a black or white issues with the owner as much as it's a green issue and saying like, hey, this dude might not start for our team. He's going to come in and be a huge distraction. We got all of these people writing in and saying, hey, we don't, we don't want him to be part of our franchise. We feel like he disrespected our country when he disrespected our flag but that's just the curious thing is if it's not a black or white thing and it's a green thing my thing just was like man like okay like this is polarizing to people but like shouldn't there have been some other thing that would have made like people more angry that's happened in the nfl and so that's kind of where that's just kind of where i land on it i do think um it's been great to see that issue in i feel like in the conversation a lot a lot of the conversation has been more about football and you haven't heard as much talk about hey here's what he was actually like trying to bring light to and i know um, baltimore was thinking about signing him at the very same time that two baltimore cops have been found guilty or at least being investigated they haven't been found guilty but they're being investigated for planting drugs on potential suspects and uh, i mean that's been all over the news too and so you see both of these stories Again, and if I had a nickel for everyone on my social media timelines who say, here's what Colin Kaepernick is protesting about, 
Like I'd be a very wealthy man at this point. So I, I feel like in this country, you have the right to protest. And so we use this platform. Businesses have the right to say like, hey, we don't want you if that's what, what's going to be your platform. I guess it just kind of is what it is. I guess it's just interesting to me that uh, this is like, it, it seems like it's always race, right? Like um, that's the thing as a country, we just can't move past. All things being equal, here's what you're not finna sit here and tell me, okay? You're not going to tell me that the Cleveland Browns, the New York Jets, or the Chicago Bears have better options at quarterback than Colin Kaepernick. That's what that's what it boils down to for me. Now, if you look at across the NFL spectrum, guys have done more on the morality timeline um, and still playing bas- football. I'm talking about basketball. Still playing football. Like we always talk about basketball. This is a rare thing. Right? <laughs> look at I mean, look at Adrian Peterson. I love love the way he plays plays ball, but it's disturbing as a parent to hear what happened, right? And there's a litany of guys in, in the league who who have done other things that could have been quote unquote team distractions, but it seems like their talent won out um over the fact that they could have been that team distraction. And that's that's in sports generally. Like talent usually gets passes. So so my thing is a lot of teams. I'm not sure if it's the teams feel like Colin Kaepernick is kind of a one trick pony. He made it to the Super Bowl that one year and he was running basically his own read type offense and he threw the ball from time to time. But you're not going to sit here and tell me that he's not better than Cody Kessler. Bro, Mike Glennon no. got $45 million, bro. Mike Glennon, no, $45 the, the million. The Seattle dollars. one. That was the one. Seattle has the zone read in their offense and didn't have a backup quarterback and they brought him in. So I think if you want to point to anything, it's that. But I think like the business decision piece is he's not going to be our starter. Russell Wilson is our starter. Do we want to lose this many fans over someone who's not going to see the field potentially? So, I mean, I understand the business side of it, but I think we also just have to look and say, hey, if we're going to hold that up and say this is a business, we have to look at some of the things that the business supported or people supporting the business okayed and said, hey, you didn't have a problem with this. Like this didn't make you cut off the television. This didn't make you cut off the television. Greg Hardy was on a... (laughs) He was on the NFL team for a couple of years after like everything that we knew that he was associated with. I mean, ask Mike so, Vick, Philadelphia. He comes in as a backup quarterback. They bought him in as a backup, knowing all the baggage that he was carrying. Again, I, I think it's, it, it boils down to talent for some of these teams. But you're just not going to tell me that he's not a talented quarterback. I mean, I, what about what about did you you've seen some of the stuff that like Vick and uh, Ray Lewis. You've seen some of the stuff they've said. What what have you thought as you've seen some of the quotes or advice they've given Kaepernick? Stones and glass houses, bro. It's like it's like <laughs> you, you created your image on your hair, Mike Vick. And and you came up in that Iverson era where it was cool to have braids. So now you're gonna tell me you want this man to cut his hair for him to get a job? <laughs> really? Really? And Ray Lewis, I mean, didn't Kaepernick's fiance or something go in on him? That was funny. The tweet that she sent out with him looked like he was like one of the, the Sambos in one of the movies or something like that. I mean, <laughs> I just don't, I just don't like these pe- these people who speak up after their career is over and have gone through the same things. You would you would think that from kind of a hey, I've been there and I understand where he is since that they would at least stand up and say, hey, let's let this man continue to mature. Or let's see how this plays out. But it's the total opposite. And sometimes it's about that money. 
got TV money, network TV money. Yeah. So let me, let me, we'll close with this question for you, but do you have any problem with anyone else kind of letting Kaepernick take this L all by himself? Because there's lots of minorities in the NFL. Do you feel like there should be a stronger push to say, hey, there's a solidarity here and we don't like what's happening? Because it feel like he's just thinking this, this, this feels like a personal L. Yeah, it does. I mean, Richard Sermon said, Sermon has said a few things. Um, and other guys have said a couple of things, but you're not going to be messing up my guaranteed money. <laughs> That's what it boils down to. You know, I'm, I'm, they're going spree well on them. I got to feed my kids. Yeah, when he had the $20 million. Dollar, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that guy. You know, we had to do the NBA reference, but we'll see how this plays out, man. That's just, I just felt like, you know, they, I mean, the blackballing thing, whatever. The dude is talented. I see quarterbacks in the NFL who are starting now that he should be starting over. That's the bottom line for me. All right. One final question. I lied the first time. Didn't mean to, but I did. Where does the gospel come to bear? You're at work. You're having these conversations with coworkers. They're just like, hey, I can't respect someone who like would violate our flag like that. How does the gospel come to bear on that conversation? What's that dialogue like with you and your coworkers? Yeah. So, I mean, first of all, I would say, I mean, things, this whole patriotism thing is interesting to me, right? So I'm riding behind a big F-250 truck today with a huge American flag on it. And, you know, the first thing that came to mind was like, wow, this is, this is literally and could be seen as a form of idolatry, right? Um, you can be patriotic to a, to a place where you borderline on idolatry. So I think that when it comes to um, standing up or taking a stand for certain topics and issues, then you may disrespect the state, quote unquote, in doing that. And as Americans, we have that right to be able to do that and privilege. Um, so I, and I, I know the other side. I know that men and women have fought for our country, um, but men and women have come back over here without having the right to vote after fighting for our country. So our country is kind of this mixed bag of of having a great opportunity for a lot of people. And then on the other side, it has a lot of um, baggage that we definitely have to deal with. That's how, probably how I would approach that conversation. Hey, we have freedom of speech. He's exercising that. And our country isn't as great as many of us think it is. That would be my approach. And my first, my first citizenship, as Paul says, is in heaven um, and, and in Christ. And being in Christ means that sometimes you have to step out against the government in order to allow the gospel to come to bear on certain things that are happening in our culture. Yeah. And it's kind of strange, though, because uh, like that typically isn't like in the black community, we have cultural idols, you know, like, let's just be honest, like even as Christians, like, do we spend too much money on tennis shoes? You know, like, I mean, money that could maybe further the gospel. We're free. You know what I'm saying? Like, you don't have yeah. to. Yeah. But like, I mean, there's things we all do. Right. But like what you don't typically see is like you being in a small group with your bro and being like, look, man, we got to check you on this patriotism. <laughs> like, you're right. just getting out of control. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, that's typically not the play, you know? And so it's just one of those things where um, you you have to labor together. And I think that's one of the ways where like uh, churches that are multicultural, I visited one this Sunday in Hampton, Hampton Roads Fellowship. It was great. But like our cultural, like one of the things I heard at Legacy was homogeneous congregations hide homogeneous sins. 
I think it's so true, right? But it's just weird to have those conversations when it's not your idol. You know what I'm saying? It's one thing when you and I are talking about shoes and their place in our finances, but it's weird because like patriotism might not be our thing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, all of us fight against that idolatry thing. You're right about that. Okay, summer's upon us, right, man? Well, winding down. My kids started winding today, down. Yo. Oh, wow. And it's getting in the 60s here, man. We're starting to pull what? out. Yeah, man. It's, I mean, Chicago is what we do. But there's one last opportunity for all of us, hopefully, to get a cookout in, right? Labor Day weekend is going to be coming up in several weeks. And me and the podcast, homie, wanted to make sure that we prepared you all for your cookouts coming up. So we got some do's and don'ts for cookouts that we want to make sure that you're aware of that me and the homie have kind of put together ourselves. And I'm interested to hear what he thinks the do's and don'ts or some do's and don'ts of cookouts are to make sure we're on the same page. So what do you got, man? What are your do's and don'ts? All right. So I got a a Labor Day cookout and a family reunion. That's always the third Saturday in August. You can't, this can't be the time where you start to introduce your family to healthy food. It's a cookout. So we're like, (laughs) we not, this isn't the time where you deciding for us that we need to start a diet. So y'all not watching what the hell? Nah, no, we're not. You can't watch that. No, like bring cookout food to a cookout. This isn't the time. And there is a time. There is a time for healthy eating and being good stewards. The family reunion, the, the Labor Day cookout is not that time, bro. You can't do that. Not at all. So that that's my that's my number one don't. Um, no, we're not trying no eggplant salad or nothing new. Like, just stick with what we always have at cookouts. The cookout staple. Don't take too many plates home. Like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Don't be obvious. You know, that you're taking so much food that it's just like everybody's looking at you when you're packing up food home. I guess I got a bunch of don'ts. I don't know about a do, but those would be my don'ts. I got some do's, all right? Do have a summer cookout playlist. Don't come out there without having a playlist in effect, okay? Because, you know, grandmama and them are going to want to do the Cupid Shuffle and the Electric Slide. So you need to have a summer cookout playlist. That includes Summertime from Will Smith. That includes... Some other summer jams. Make sure you have a summer cookout playlist. And here's what else you do, okay? Oh, this is probably don't. Don't cook no turkey, nothing, okay? <laughs> Everything has I'm to be I'm with that. I'm with that. Beef yep. and pork and chicken, okay? We're not going to come out pork, here with so no, I'm, We're not even talking about that. We're not going to come out here with no turkey links and, nope. and all this. All, again, on the healthy food tip, but I just wanted to make sure that people knew that turkey links are still on that healthy side they don't even crisp on the grill okay all right so i need to ask you a question charcoal yeah, or gas charcoal dang oh uh, you're not a gas guy are you but listen, Bro, it's so much easier man okay your, your don'ts go ahead you can't have chitlins no not at the summer no cookout. no it doesn't need to be all that no, it doesn't that takes... need to be all that i know i said no health food but you ain't got to take it to the whole other extreme either i you don't need those there I ain't never had no chitlins, man, ever. Me neither. I just don't want to smell them beside the other foods. All right, one more don't for me. Don't bring someone of the opposite sex that you don't want your family grilling you about y'all's relationship. So if y'all just homies or y'all friends, they're going to ask if y'all are together. So so make sure if you bring a significant other, that's cool. But if you're just bringing a homie or a homette, you better be prepared for 
for auntie and them to be going in on that 20 questions for sure yeah and i think do you do crash the you do crash the cookout it's all love on cookout day oh all love. there's there's never there's never i've never run out of food at a cookout exactly so, um, invite everybody so come on crash. over here, baby get your get yeah, your hand you don't know them people. <laughs> you look kind of like the family over there it's so just crazy it's something about yep. food man that just makes us all happy and altruistic and and ready to share right. that's great man all right so we're gonna go the earth wind and fire on and you got the you got the food everybody's in a good mood you think you might know one person there mm. slide on over yeah for sure all right i gotta do this for my wife because she said you gotta have dominoes for sure everybody knows that gotta have dominoes gotta have the spades going all right we got and bingo we got three. So the older people gonna play bingo yeah they gotta play bingo but i ain't going over there man. i'm going with the spades and the dominoes all right, I'm going to ask you right quick. Okay, what are your top three sauces for summer cookouts? If you had to name three top sauces, what you got? Okay, so these are sauces you have to have all year round, but definitely at the cookout. You know me. Like, I love Jamaican food. So it's got to be something like some jerk sauce there. I'm going to stick with my Caribbean peeps because I just think they get everything right. Uh, there's this sauce called pineapple pepper sauce. If you don't know nothing about it, it's one of the top three condiments in the world. And then you gotta have hot sauce. You just gotta have regular Texas Pete hot sauce to put on the fried fish and the fried chicken. Oh, Texas Pete, huh? Oh, what, you got a problem with Texas Pete, bro? Well, you know, we got the Louisiana hot sauce, man. That's the good stuff. That was on my list. I'll give That's, you that. I'll give you that. That, that was that. top three. And then uh, other thing on my list is you gotta have the official barbecue sauce. <laughs> what you about to say, sweet baby Ray's? Sweet baby Ray's, you know what it is, bro. You know what it is. <laughs> and and sauces are not complete. I'm not even. This ain't even a sauce. It's a seasoning. But I gotta have some Lowry somewhere around because you never know. You know, some people cookouts, some people don't season enough. I gotta have some Lowry just in case so I can supplement. Man, so, I've never that, been to no cookout that they have enough Lowry's. I'm just saying, what bro. Kind of cookout you going to? Well, you know, I lived in L.A. for a little bit, so that's all I got to say. <laughs> so, look, I told you already, today uh, was our kids' first day of school. So that, I mean, there's actually a summer period, right, where it's on a calendar, starts then, ends then. But typically, we mark that by the day you go back to school. Once you're back at school, summer's over. Like, your family starts to switch routines. Any freedom you have is over. So we don't care what the calendar says. School's started and as we thought about school starting i was thinking oh, man my man jay rich has done tons of schooling and i just was wondering what you would advise somebody if they were saying hey i'm thinking about going back to school i think i'd like to go to seminary just i would love to hear about your experience and your counsel helping somebody gauge whether seminary might be right for them or not so my first piece of advice would be just do a heart check you know pray um, and, and really consider if seminary is for you. Most people go to seminary because they're on a path to be in pastoral ministry or in some type of Christian vocation or ministry. For me, I wasn't quite sure what I was doing when I went to seminary. I wanted to go. Um, I felt like I was called to some type of ministry in some form, but I just had a deeper desire to understand God's word um, in a more deep and reflective and theological way. So that's why I decided to go to seminary. And at that time, they didn't have all these online programs, man, and online resources. So I don't even know if today in 2017, if I was in that same point in my career as an attorney, 
if I would not have tried other resources like Ligonier Connect or went to Fuller's online program and picked and chosen what I wanted out of that experience. Now, let me just say this. I went to Pasadena and that's where I found my wife. So I know that was quite providential and I appreciate God for looking out for the homie on that one. But, um, <laughs> I, you know, I would definitely counsel. I mean, it's a financial decision for sure. If you're not going to get money um, to go to seminary, then it's an investment that you're making. And a lot of pastors don't get paid salaries unless your name is Chris Laster. <laughs> yeah, right. I'm not a pastor or salaried. So. Right, right, right. I was going to say, you know, one of the big names, but I don't want to give them any type of sign. So so here's what I would I would suggest. Just thoughtfully, prayerfully, look at different schools, look at programs that fit you best. And if it's something that you feel like is still impressing upon your heart, think about it financially, talk about it with all the stakeholders, including family, spouse, wife, because it's going to take some time to do it. Um, but outside of that, if you're just interested in getting deeper into the Word of God, so many online resources and programs that could do that for you. One more question, just two. Um, can you just speak to the aptitude too, because you, I mean, you kind of said something about it too, but it's for people who are students, right? Like, I mean, you have to have some type of aptitude and that should weigh, like being honest about your aptitude for those things should weigh into that decision as well. It is a complete, it's the academy. It's an academic environment. It's very rigorous. And for some people, it will shake the foundation of what you believe about scripture uh, what you believe about uh, theology, what you believe about God himself. Uh, so if you aren't um, mentally prepared for that, I've seen classmates who have walked away from seminary as agnostics um, just because they came in with a different different expectations. They would think it was going to be 24-7 Bible study, right? Um, and seminary is not quite like that. I mean, you're going to go into... Uh, different heretical sects. You're going to look into different systematic theology problems in scripture uh, that might not have clean answers. And you have to be able to wrestle with that and come out whole. And some people don't. So you certainly have to have the mental capacity and aptitude to be able to get through something that rigorous, especially when it is about the foundation of who you are and your faith. And I was just mentioning that because even beyond the challenges and the, the tough, like textual criticisms and things that you walk through, loving God wouldn't just automatically mean your next step should be seminary too. Um, you need to be honest about just your aptitude towards things. What about just your experience? What would you say was the most beneficial thing for you as you, in your walk with the Lord from, I mean, obviously you better say your wife here outside of that. <laughs> yeah, obviously. But I, I would say outside of that is, is community. I was amazed at how many friendships, deep friendships I walked away from um, coming out of seminary, coming out of different backgrounds, have uh, Asian friends and friends from all over the country, all over the world, really now doing ministry work who I can genuinely say are friends. My wife and I always say we miss that community, but it's so great to see how God kind of that Matthew 28 dispersion that happened after we all finished up and seeing people involved in trafficking in Southeast Asia, 
involved in social justice causes in Fresno, California. It's, it's just amazing to see what God has done in that environment and kind of that bubble that we had. We didn't want to leave the bubble, but it's, it's great to see that we've all gone out and charted our course um, in what God has for us. So community, certainly. So if somebody were to come to you and say, hey, after talking to you, I'm not sure seminaries for me, but like, I definitely want to know my Bible better. I know that's something you are crazy passionate about. How would you advise them to say like, hey, yeah, I would say maybe seminary is not, but digging deeper is here's how you do it. Oh, yeah. My first resource for anyone who asks that question is Ligonier Connect, which is an online program that has 78 different modules of classes all the way from church history to systematic theology, to theodicy, the problem of suffering. And it's done in 13 different different courses within each module. So it's robust, um, has some good learning communities on there. And here's the kicker, it's $9 a month. Um, and you can download all of them and, and keep them in whatever storage system you have. So that would be a good starting place for anyone who doesn't want to invest big bucks, but wants to be able to dive deeper into God's work. Dope, dope, dope. Well, thank you. I think that's a great answer. I appreciate you shedding some light on that. So this part of our show, we really want to, again, this is another resource deal, right? Because we just talked about a potential resource for folks who want to dive deeper into God's word. But we are personally encouraged by certain texts that we read. Both of us are bookworms and nerds. We love reading. So we want to be able to share some of those resources with some folks what you've been doing, man, what you've been looking at or what type of resources would you commend to folks um, for this episode? Full disclosure, a lot of the times, and I know this would be true for you sometimes as well. Sometimes it's something that um, I want to read and sometimes it's something that I have to read. And so I've been actually preparing I'm, uh, a church in our community is saying, hey, would you come to our Sunday school for two Sundays and just speak on racial reconciliation in the church? So instead of like, maybe reading something that would be new to me. I've been revisiting um, Walter Strickland's uh, stuff on the history of the black church on podcast type stuff with my learning time and Ed Gelbrist's reconciliation blues, uh, Tony Evans. These are all things that I've mentioned on the podcast on uh, previous episodes. Oneness Embraced. Razul Berry has a really good thing that he taught that I'm I'm working through. So just kind of touching up on some of these things, Galatians 2, 11 through 17, Revelation 5, 9 with commentary. So a lot of my time this week has been really dedicated to getting kids ready to go back to school and making sure I'm prepared, just touching up on resources that I had done in the past, but all very commendable resources in helping us look through uh, the issue of race through a gospel lens. Perfect. To be a fly on the wall in that room would be Great. Definitely have to let us know how that went. My resource would be something that me and my wife both just actually cracked open together. And it is Cecil Mel Robeck, who's a professor of ours at Fuller, just wrote a book on the Azusa Street Revival and William Seymour. So we've been looking at the biography of his life. It's really, really intriguing stuff. I love biographies. I've mentioned it before. I talked about the Blood Brothers biography with Muhammad Ali and Malcolm X, but we're both uh, listening to it on our commute in to work. And this, we've had some great discussions about how his history shaped his theology um, as he moved towards um, going to Azusa 
to um to spearhead that revival so commend that to anyone who's interested in it so that's dope that's dope i definitely have to check that out when i get some downtime right before we do our shout outs i meant to mention episode number 36 right what would be your number 36 who would be the quintessential 36 in all of sports i don't know man i was thinking um one of the Globetrotters was famous. Metalock Lemon wore 36? I don't know if he did, but I'm I'm going to have this guy come to your door and and probably run through it like he did uh, NFL linebackers when he was in Jerome Pittsburgh. Bettis? <laughs> yes, the man. The, the bus. The bus, man. Yeah, it's probably the, How you think the bus. bus. Come on, bro. Come on, like bro. He's a Steelers fan, man. He's a beast. He was a beast. So this I don't is like be watching the Steelers play football. This is going to be the bus because I just threw you under the bus episode of the <laughs> Boxing One podcast. And uh, we're going to go with our closing shout outs. All right. So mine, uh, this is a special one to me. It's probably the nearest and dearest one that I've given outside of my family. But uh, my man, Shay Matthews, a great point guard from our high school back in the day, uh, hit a game winning shot in a league we have in the neighboring community. It's a great league. It's a summer league. They play on Sundays. Great competition. But he hit the game-winning shot to help propel his team into closer to a back-to-back championship. Uh, Charlottesville, where University of Virginia is, much bigger city, but last year Stanton won that championship. And the reason I really want to shout out Shea is because uh, Team Lake, uh, that was Shea's little brother who died of cancer when he was seven or eight. And then um, the team was renamed Lake Cole World because one of Shea's best friends named Coleman had died two years and um, out of that friend set, we just had another kid who died in a motorcycle accident near Charlottesville. Uh, he was one of my young life kids. I remember sharing the gospel with him in my car. His name was uh, Jordan Castle. Loved that kid to death. We called him Lynx. Uh, somebody at the basketball court just one day said, I got the Linky kid. And from there, it just kind of stuck if I have them story right. He was just a great kid, great smile. Everyone in our community loved him. And we'll be doing funeral stuff for him this week. And that's challenging. But I know it was special for Shay to hit that big shot. Oh, that's a great story, man. Wow. Wow. Yeah, my shout out is to my niece, Jalisa Coney. Um, she's been having a really hard time lately. She uh, lost a child in March and uh, has been really wrestling with that. She's in her 20s, uh, mid-20s. So uh, shout out to her because she's been so strong. But she's, you know, she's recently just been trying to think through like why would god do this to me so um i just want to give her a quick shout out because then let her know i love her and uh that that uncle john is is there for and praying for so uncle john that's uncle john i got a ton of nieces and nephews boy i'm about to i'm a great uncle too we're not gonna talk about that though (laughs) well you guys see my family reunion on my dad's side it's like 30 of us we eating shifts that's just the first cousins so y'all my dad got five brothers and four sisters. So y'all were not playing, bro. Not playing. No. You know how we roll. <laughs> Speaking of how we roll, that has been episode number 36 of the Boxing One Podcast. Be sure to go over to Twitter and follow us at Boxing One Podcast. Find us on Facebook at Boxing One Podcast and go to iTunes, subscribe, leave a rating, leave a review. We appreciate you guys for tuning in each episode and we'll see you next go round when we go episode number 37 of the boxing one podcast peace I know out that's gotta be